Hello and welcome to the Music Survival Guide, the independent musician's guide on how to survive in the music industry. My name is Joe Sage and I'm a producer and mix engineer and as always I'm joined by... Me! That's Phil uh, Salter, mixing engineer for Vortis Sound Studios and a true podcast professional. Um, <laughs> how are you today Joe? Still indoors. Hooray! <laughs> That's really all I can say for that one. Yeah. I've got really nice warm toasty feet because I've suddenly realised the radiator's on underneath where I'm sat um, and I'm not wearing socks. So it's a happy day for me. More temperature chat. As a... Tempor- no, it's not weather. It's fine. It's temperature. <laughs> oh dear. Right. Enough of that. What are we going to talk about today? Well, this is part three of our challenge that I can't remember the name of. The socially distant single challenge. That's the one. With the clickbait titles, I should have known that you'd know. Um, and this is about how to promote music in lockdown if you have money to spend. Oh, yeah. So last time we focused on sort of more free approaches. <laughs> and then this time we're focusing on more spendy approaches. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think a good place to start is the foundations of, of marketing. Um, we've chatted about this quite a lot aside from the podcast because obviously mm. we do quite a lot of marketing for the podcast and for um and for our like mixing and producing but you kind of want to explain what disruptive marketing is ah disruptive marketing um the best way to think about it is nearly every ad you see on facebook <laughs> is the long and short of it so there's uh, it's the kind of advertising where you're going on your merry way wherever you are in this case on facebook scrolling down you're looking at what your friends are doing a few videos things like that and then oh an advert for whatever it is shows up and it's not what you're expecting you're not looking for it it's kind of come and found you it's probably the long and short of it yeah and the alternative is something like google ads so Mm. when you search for something on google you'll have your top three search results, and sometimes your bottom three as well, it will have ad next to it. And the reason why I don't think Google Ads works for musicians, especially uh, if you're making a single, is because when someone goes on Google, they know what they're looking for. Mm. They're not looking to find a new band. If, say, they knew the name of your band and they search for it on Google, they'll find it anyway. They don't need an ad to tell them where it is. So unfortunately, some bands haven't figured that out, but Google Ads is not a good place to to build a new audience. Don't do it, <laughs> basically. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to premise everything by saying honesty, honesty, and honesty, which I've mm. got written in bold. You have to be honest with yourself. Similar to um, Spotify playlists when doing editorial, if you're not honest about what genre you are, about your place in the market, uh, where you kind of want your band to be and band to be seen, this is the quickest and easiest way to throw money down the drain. Mm. You've got to know who you want to appear in front of. Um, And the way to do that is to refine in your mind, who you are as a band mm. and what what you are offering people um, in terms of genre and things like that. Yeah, your messaging above everything else has to be super consistent. I see a lot of bands when you go on their Facebook and their About section, 
they seem to be inspired or, you know, sounds like everything ranging from, you know, hardcore EDM to some, like, country artists and then some extreme metal. If you try and advertise to that broad range and you're none of them, it's, yeah, it's a disaster waiting to happen. <laughs> Could you imagine trying to trying to target an EDM country music loving person? You like yeah, but to be even more specific about it, even if you say, all oh, right, well, um, you know, one member of the band might be like, oh, well, I'm inspired by Slipknot. Hmm. You might be, but if you sound like an indie band and you start advertising towards people who like Slipknot or have Slipknot yes. as an interest, one, you're going to be throwing money down the drain, and two, you're going to build up a reputation as people who, you know, aren't what they say they are. That's very true. I think a good way to plan um, who you're trying to reach is to build up what you might call like a a, a fan avatar. So what is the typical person that you are aiming to reach? What what does your typical fan look like? And these may be easy to answer. These may be difficult to answer as questions. Uh, so what age are they? What gender are they? What kind of bands are they into? What, what do they read? What films do they like? Maybe things like that. And you can use that avatar, and it can be as detailed as you like, ideally more detailed. Um, you can use that avatar to build up um, a way of advertising to people, a way of targeting people. Mm. There are two ways of going about that. One is almost a direct approach. So ask your friends and family, who do you think we sound like? Mm. Or take an approximate gauge of uh, your fan base. You know, if you're playing gigs and it's mostly, you know, 16 to 25 year olds or like a younger age bracket that are turning up to your gigs. That's who you need to advertise to. If it's mostly, you know, bikers who are over the age of 50 turning up to your gigs, that's the audience you need mm. to advertise to. Don't advertise to the audience that you want. Advertise for the audience you have. Yes. And again, that kind of comes from honesty. And another method is analytics, which sounds so boring, but I think it's really cool anyway. It's a rabbit word. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. So... This is why you have a Spotify for artists, because mm. it tells you the locations and loads of demographic information about your listeners that are really, really, really useful when it comes to uh, creating your avatar. Not only that, you have Facebook as well. It can be sometimes a little bit difficult with Facebook purely because if you've got a small number and you've, say, invited them, you know, it's your auntie's cousin or your niece or whatever they can sometimes skew the analytics but spotify tends not to tends not to lie about that stuff you're gonna find out pretty quickly who's listening to to it again more reasons to get analytics set up so you know spotify for artists are uh, gonna come on to like the facebook pixel and stuff like that um and an even bigger thing that i want to preface that i should have said way before is a great marketing campaign is not a root out of an awful song. <laughs> so you can throw thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds. If your music is trash, it's uh, it, it's not going to work. I, I'm trying to think of a way of um, saying that politely, but but it's true. And I think I see it quite a lot, and I'm sure Phil does as well, where you'll see bands that almost think, oh well, it can't it can't be on music. It's it's got to be. It's, it's got to be the marketing campaign. 
It's got to be, you know, the uh, the way we present ourselves, or maybe we haven't spent enough money on a music video. Those are all things that are important to have, but ultimately, when it comes to especially Spotify or Apple Music, it's it's the music. That's what you're getting. It needs to be great. Yes. <laughs> if your song sounds like it was recorded inside a tin can, um, then that's maybe not a song to push with hefty amounts of marketing. If it just isn't very good, <laughs> um, then also don't throw loads of money at it. I mean, the thing about especially Facebook ads and Instagram ads, and but anything really online with advertising, is it is very, very easy to spend large amounts of money achieving nothing at all. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to do that. And that's why um, things like your kind of avatar, a standard kind of fan that you're targeting is really important because they are more likely to click on your link to your music and they are more likely to listen to you and to want to stick around. And so that's better money spent rather than throwing it at someone who's not even going to bother because it's such a different genre to what they enjoy. Yeah, they are uh, a great phrase, which is, qualified leads ah. i'm gonna add reverb to that in post uh <laughs> it's gonna sound epic it's gonna sound great right now it sounds rubbish it sounds yeah it sounds pretty mediocre now yeah i think having qualified traffic is by far more beneficial so mm. you're better off paying slightly more money for fans that will come to your gigs and um buy your merch and fund your kickstarters and become loyal fans rather than paying for more clicks of just randomers who are going to get frustrated when they find out they're not really interested in your music at all. It's a numbers game really on Facebook with advertising and you don't want to waste your money because it's too easy to do. And qualified leads are your route to spending your money well. Do you want me to add reverb to your qualified leads as well? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Why not? So yeah, there's loads of foundational things that you need to have in place. Um, so again, we've talked about the song being great mm-hmm. is the biggest one. Uh, other things are making sure all your social media is slick, your Spotify is looking slick, your links to your Spotify work. Please. Like, don't be paying people and then go, oh, we've not seen any any uh, uptake in streams. And then you find out you've been sending them to like a and q website or something. <laughs> it's, yeah, it, it's a pointless venture. Um, other things that are great to set up that we'll go into a little bit later is setting up a Facebook pixel. That is something we could do an entire podcast about. Mm-hmm. But quite frankly, Google it. It's gonna they're gonna explain it to you all a lot better than we can over yeah. a podcast. Um the other thing as well is setting up a budget. So yes. instead of just kind of throwing money at the situation and seeing what happens, sit down, figure out how much you can spend on the song in terms of marketing, and then also figure out what your call to action is. So we've discussed that last week. I think the most obvious one is Spotify streams. Mm -hmm. So for me, it might be, okay, well, I've got this single that I've made during lockdown. I've got it mixed, mastered, blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to spend £100 on advertising to uh, build a fan base on Spotify. I think it's worth bearing in mind if it's your very first Facebook uh, marketing campaign and you're looking around at all the tools going, there's a lot of options here and I'm not really sure what I'm doing. It might just be hard. It's hard. It's hard to say, but give it a go, <laughs> and be prepared to lose some money. Be prepared to spend some money. I don't mean don't 
throw like loads behind it but be prepared to spend some money that doesn't get you anywhere as like almost like a learning exercise for how the tools work for who you're going to reach and how it works yeah and i think phil's right in that and that's why it's important to certainly only spend a very small amount of money Mm -hmm. on it uh it's about learning the system as much as anything else and then go okay cool that works with this audience i'm going to expand upon that but we can talk about targeting in a little bit my first tip would be research so if you're a musician and you've got instagram or facebook chances are you're receiving sponsored ads for other people's singles best thing you can do screenshot it or you know uh record your phone like you can on iphones like the record do a screen recording, and then you can click on the link, see how well the ad's done, kind of go, okay, mm. cool, this band is really successful with this ad. This has done really well. It's maybe got loads of likes, maybe got loads of comments, and just do a crap ton of research. See what's worked well, see what's what hasn't for other people. Yes, that's a great idea. Doing, doing research on what ads are already out there and what is working and what really isn't is a great plan because it will help you hopefully to avoid some maybe obvious pitfalls that you hadn't thought of. Um, that's that's really what it is about. It's, it's about working out what works in a way that you might not normally think because different people think in different ways. And if you can look at the way someone else has approached an advert, that might help you change your attack, your plan of attack. Spoiler alert, though. Definitely an advert that doesn't work is, here's, here's our single, please stream it. Yes. That, with with a link to it. And it's a picture of Spotify. That That won't work. <laughs> I'll tell you that now. There might be a lot of people doing it, but it won't work. There's a reason it's called interrupted marketing, is that you need to interrupt someone's flow. Yeah. It needs to be eye catching. Yeah. It needs to yeah, it needs to catch your eye. And how do you do that? That is the really the big question of marketing on Facebook. Mm. So before we move on to what I've called ad creative, which is the actual ad itself, Ooh. I want to talk a little bit about targeting. Mm-hmm. So there are loads of options, and again. The issue with uh, us talking about it in podcast form is, one, it's quite difficult to explain the mechanics of Facebook advertising, and probably by the time this has gone out, it will have changed slightly. It does change can, But what we can do is kind of explain the foundations of it. Mm -hmm. So there will be a section uh, called targeting where you'll get to pick who your ad shows up for. Mm. One thing that is commonly uh, forgotten about, if you have a good fan base on Instagram and Facebook, maybe you've got a few thousand likes, like a lot of new bands do before they even release stuff, is target people who already like your page. So they're people who already know who you are. They've already got what's called brand awareness. So they trust your brand that you're not going to send them to something dodgy. Mm. And ultimately, if you kind of say, hey, we've got a new single out, here it is, a lot of the people who follow you won't see it, whether because they're not on social media that day or maybe you're not that favorable in the algorithm. But either way, it's a really, really good way of getting qualified traffic mm. to your to your Spotify or your Apple Music or wherever you want to send people to. Yeah, it's a great way of uh, increasing awareness of your music to people who, in theory, already like your music. Um, and it's something that I think a lot of bands almost neglect to do because they go well that person already likes my page they already see what i'm doing um another similar um targeting tool that you could use is you can get uh facebook and instagram part of the same tool um to 
show your advert to people who are like people who already like your page. I'm sure there's a more slick way of saying that, but I know what I mean. <laughs> um, yeah. Sim- similar people. And it'll do, what it'll do is it'll do a kind of demographic search of all the kind of points of data for people who like your page and then go, oh, well, look, such and such a person has these three or four things that lots of other people who like the page already have. Um, and it will show them the advert. And in theory, those people will be a stronger lead than just some randoms. Can I be controversial and disagree with you? Oh, yes. Purely because if you're new to this game, and as we were talking before, you've got your nan and your auntie and your nieces that are all following your Instagram. If you're then going to tell, you know, uh, Instagram and Facebook to go find similar stuff to, to what they're interested in, you're trusting the algorithm without really knowing what it's doing. I think it's definitely a tactic for if you've got a big loyal fan base yes. to do that. But if you're just getting started, I think you're much better off finding your own audience. Yes. Um, a different take on kind of the same theme is if you set up uh, what's called a Facebook pixel. So if you don't know what that is, it basically tracks the people who click on an ad. It's a reason why, say, if you... Um, are on Facebook and you've clicked on an ad for power tools, then you're going to get loads of adverts about power tools. Mm. For it, It's the same principle. It's a great, great, great way of building an audience because what you can do is you say, okay, here's, here's our single and maybe you've got a few people who are clicking on it. You can then go tell the pixel, go and, go and find people who are similar to the people who clicked on the ad yes. rather than people who have just followed. Those are qualified leads. Followers don't necessarily equate to qualified leads. I think we're all aware on Instagram, especially if you're a band, you're just going to get people who just, you know, spam you with <laughs> um, with comments saying, you know, whatever. So yeah, I think a pixel is a really great way because you can be even really specific, specific and say, okay, well, someone who went to my landing page, which might be Spotify, and was there for two minutes. Mm. So it's someone who's gone to your Spotify and listened to your song for two minutes. Now go find me an equivalent audience to that person. I think that is a much securer way of doing that, of doing what Phil was talking about. Not to mention as well, if your marketing campaign goes really well, having that pixel data stays. So for future campaigns, when you're doing a second single, you just tell Facebook, yeah, I want you to push it to the same people that clicked on the first link and other people you think will do the same. Yeah, that is a great idea. Um, long short of that, that's a great idea. If, you're, if you've got enough people who've used this pixel, then you can use that information for your benefit, really. Um, if you are brand new, and you haven't got that many people who say liked your page or whatever, or have streamed your music and things like that, and you're really wanting to try Facebook ads, but you're just not sure what to go for, um, what you can do is you can target interests. That is the the key. I mean, and all the age and sort of location information is important, um, but targeting the correct interests is the way to go. And what you can do on uh, Facebook and Instagram is you can target people who like, say, I don't know, Led Zeppelin. Take a massive example. That's not a great example. Don't use Led Zeppelin. It'll have too wide an audience. Um, Led Zeppelin, but then also people who like Metallica. And there will be a sort of 
cross between it, but it must be people who like both Led Zeppelin and Metallica, and that will exclude people who say like Metallica but also like heavier music and don't like Led Zeppelin, and then the alternative, people who like lighter music than Led Zeppelin but don't like Metallica, and it'll it'll just narrow your audience and hopefully get you a stronger um, batch of people to advertise to. Yeah, on a similar theme, a great place to start if you're struggling for who to advertise to in your targeting is who you've put in your sounds like in your bio. Mm. So I'm pretty sure everyone's done it. Like we're influenced by XYZ. Again, this really relies on an honest approach. Mm -hmm. If you don't sound like Catfish and a Bottleman, don't advertise to people who who like Catfish and a Bottleman because they won't like you (laughs) in, in general terms. So yeah, I think that's a really great place to start. Look at kind of other bands in your area that kind of go, okay, well, cool. I sound a bit like them and they're in our scene. Let's see who they say they sound like. Mm. Um, Facebook has loads of good tools for if you say put in one band, it will make suggestions for the other. Don't blindly go with it. Go and listen to the band and see if you do actually sound like them. But those are great ways to make a start. I would also make suggestions for if this is your first time is keep it to your community for the time being. So if you're UK based, keep it to the UK. Mm. If you're American based, I'd say stick to your state. I wouldn't expand too far to the to the world just because I think you're going to get a lot of unqualified traffic, especially if you're not spending that much money. You don't want those clicks going to places that are just going to be wasted so i would say for the time being even if you want to be more specific and say if you're a band from manchester advertise to people from manchester having an incredibly targeted approach to location like for example manchester advertising just to people in manchester is great if you want people to listen to your song on spotify say but then you'd also ideally like them to go to a gig because then hopefully they'll realize oh well, this is a local band and then i mean when gigs start happening again because they're not right now um hopefully when that all starts again they're gonna go oh look such and such a band is gigging because you can see that kind of information on spotify um and then they'll go and see you and then suddenly you've got a, a great local fan who wasn't there before other ideas I've just written down are uh, magazines for your genre. Mm-hmm. So you can target people who like certain things. So if you're in a jazz band, look at jazz drummer magazines. And you can tailor your ad creative to kind of show uh, the drummer playing the drums at a gig or like doing a play along in the video with it. Those are all kind of things you can look at. Similar to if you've got a virtuosic guitarist, then target guitar magazines and make your ad creative the solo of the song. Mm. You know, the possibilities are endless, really. Yeah. Another tool worth thinking about is negative targeting. Um, So like in the way that you can, say, target someone who likes Guitarist magazine, you can go, anyone who is interested in or likes this thing, this topic, ignore them. And that is a great way of um, getting a more specific audience. So say, in my example, you... Um, you say people who like Led Zeppelin and Metallica, that is going to be, I can almost guarantee, a massive audience, kind of wherever you are. And you want to specify that. So say you choose those two, and then you also go, I'm going to ignore anyone who likes 80s rock. I don't know why 80s rock, but, you know, things like that. I mean, you're going to have to choose a much more clever example than that. Was right Metallica, that famous non-80s band. <laughs> Quite. <laughs> <laughs> I panicked in the moment. Don't don't mock me. 
Um, so you can use that to narrow your audience and work out, um, hopefully, uh, winnow out those people who aren't going to want to listen to you, basically. Mm. Like Phil said, there are uh, there are loads of things to disqualify. And I think it's worth experimenting with it. Mm. So what I would say is I would have maybe three or four different targeted groups. Again, we can go into the mechanics of this, but Google it. It's going to be easier than us explaining it. And it will have changed by the time this podcast goes out. So think of, say, you know, this is going to be my targeting uh, guitarists who like Catfish and the Bottlemen. This is going to be my drummers who like the Kooks. This is going to, and just kind of have those, mm. have those multiple groups going at the same time. So then you can evaluate and go, oh, okay, cool. Well, a lot of people from the Catfish and the Bottlemen who uh, play guitar, a lot of them liked the ad, but not many of them clicked it and streamed it. But there were less people who liked it on the kooks and were drummers, but they went and streamed it. So they're more qualified traffic. It's, yeah, having them to play off each other is going to be the quickest way to see what's successful and what's not. It's called split testing, which is the technical phrase. Um, I would strongly recommend trying it if you have a bit of money to play with. Um, And what you'll do, you'll be able to work out, as Joe says, a more appropriate audience who are doing your call to action more. (laughs) That's the long and short of it. It's it's about maximising that call to action compared to the amount of people who are seeing the advert. And in split testing, you can work out which audience is better. And you can also do it with your actual physical adverts. You can split test um, your designs and work out what's working better with people. Yeah, I would go further and say you have to split test. Yeah, I don't think there's an option to just do one ad because you then you can't compare to how well it would have done in, in other areas. I would say for the time being, if you're just getting started out, I would have one ad creative. So that's like one ad, whether it be video and the copy, but I'd run it to multiple audiences, maybe mm. have three or four. And I'm talking, you know, spend a pound per day and just see which one does better. And then after four days, you see, okay, that audience doesn't do well. I'm going to make a new audience uh, that's slightly tailored to the ones that did better. And you Mm. can just experiment until you find the perfect combination. It's a continual sort of experimentation, basically, refining what you're doing. Absolutely. Um, So another quick thing is there's uh, a thing called optimization. So again, this is kind of getting really into the weeds of it. there's two types of optimization. You can optimize for link clicks or landing page views. And those can be quite confusing terms because it can almost come across as they're the same thing. Mm. There's two major differences between it. A link click is where someone clicks the ad, but they might have done it by mistake and they just they just go off. Then you have landing page views, who are people who click the link but actually stay on the landing page. And if you're trying to push people to or funnel people towards your music, you want landing page views because they're, again, a more qualified audience. Uh, Was that what I said the first time? I think so. Well, it's getting reverb on it regardless. (laughs) Um, So the major differences between the two is that link clicks, you pay per click. So every time someone clicks on your ad, Facebook says, okay, it costs this much. And if you run like a daily budget or whatever, you won't go over the top of it. Mm. It's not going to like, if your ad's crazy successful, you're not going to get a bill for like £2,000. It just runs until you've run out of your budget. 
than landing page views, which gets you more qualified traffic. And landing page views is where you pay per impression. Mm. So that is where you pay a smaller amount, but ultimately you're paying for every time someone sees your ad. So you have to weigh up. Do you want to pay for every time someone clicks it or every time someone looks at it? The caveat is when you pay for landing page views, it's going to show it to people who are more likely to stream your music and are therefore more qualified traffic. It's something you're going to have to experiment with. I would recommend going with landing page views and maybe split test and see which works best for you. But I'd recommend starting with landing page views. I think it's a stronger choice given the options. Mm that people are more likely to stick around. And that's and what um Facebook does that's very clever is <coughs> oh, sorry. What Facebook does that's very clever is it, what it'll do as your advert runs, it will look at people who are doing the action, in this case, say people who are going through to the landing page. And what it'll do is as the ad runs longer and longer, it will it behind the scenes refine the audience that you selected to people who are more likely to do that action because it's quite intelligent it'll learn what those kinds of people like what links them and then it'll find more people like that who are more likely to click Mm. so i feel like we've talked a lot about the technical behind the ad very dry subject isn't it you say dry but it's all we get questions about (laughs) that's very true so what about the ad creative well, it's got to be eye-catching. <laughs> that's that's the long and short of it. Um, it's it's got to be eye-catching. You've got to find a way of stopping someone scrolling, basically. And if it doesn't do that, you have failed. <laughs> um, and people just aren't going to click. And you're probably just going to start spending money on nothing. Um, which, as I, as we said, Facebook marketing is a very quick way to spend a lot of money achieving nothing. So you've got to be careful about it. Um, the I happen to know the better adverts nowadays are all videos not yes. single picture with some text that is the way to do it if you if you're going to do it it's kind of got to be a video yeah video is king especially as well because uh i think if if it's over 20 percent of your image is text facebook will stop showing it yeah. or like you'll be thrown right down the algorithm so yeah video is king in this scenario um some examples I've seen that have worked really, really well are obvious ones, music videos, uh, lyric videos, uh, the story so far, studio bits, especially if you're recording at home and you listen to part one and you did some interesting things on how you recorded, like having those videos over the top of your uh, single is a really cool way to advertise. And one that I've seen weirdly take a bit of a resurgence in, and it's done really well, is do you remember how, I mean, it's been a while since I've seen one. Maybe it's just because I don't watch as much television. But when there used to be a big artist and they were having uh, TV commercial ads, it would be someone like, uh, it would show a little bit of the single and maybe the music video, and then it would go like, and the new album from Robbie Williams. Is, <laughs> and it would have like a proper voiceover mm. artist announcing the the artist and the single and when you know buy it in tesco's and asda from friday (laughs) all that kind of stuff i've seen a resurgence in that where people have gone you know uh this is the new single from so and so and you know stream and download on spotify now they do really well Mm. along with the music video uh or like any kind of like moving image i think yeah that has scope 
to um to do really well i can tell you why that kind of thing does really well it's because if you have a voiceover saying this music basically this music has been released stream it now on spotify and the text has a link to the spotify stream then it's a very clear call to action within your video and a clear call to action is a great no is an essential thing to have in your advert you don't want to have a muddy call to action where it's not clear what you want them to do which you might start to get if you have um, some studio footage for example now i'm sure studio footage works for people but it might just not be quite as obvious a call to action as some of voiceover saying stream it now yeah i think you can ram the point home a little bit in your text Mm. which is i something i see a lot of bands get wrong and it's just that they overthink it massively. We've talked about the caveman test multiple times on this. Um, so like, I've kind of just gone with like a, a mock idea in my head. And the idea is to keep it really short, mostly to avoid that more function where mm. if your text goes past a certain point, it will just kind of hide it and people won't see the call to action because people tend to put it last. So I've almost gone for, uh, you know, imaginary rock band and we do sound like these bands in this scenario is like for fans of Foo Fighters and Biffy Clyro click below to stream the new single on Spotify now yes yes that is that is amazing because what that is doing within the text is excluding people so it's going if for some reason your targeting has or is a bit maybe a bit too wide it hasn't quite worked and someone isn't say about a fan of Biffy Clyro they'll be inclined not to click on it and then therefore you won't be spending as much money um, but it, what it does is it also says, I am a fan of Biffy Claro. I will click on that link. And that's, that's a great way of um, pulling your audience to do what you want to do and sending those people away who you don't want to click. Yeah, people will say it's not enough text to get over that point. They're like, oh, we need to put more of this in. That's why video content is so important. Mm. You could even, if you want to go for the super cave, caveman test thing, of just have your camera in front of your face and just kind of say like, hi, I'm so-and-so and we make music like this. And then boom, in comes the music video. And then you can just, you know, put a call to action that says uh, click below to stream the new single on Spotify now. Yeah. I think that'll be a much more effective ad than people who put like these reams and reams about stories. Like I, I never stopped to read them. I don't know <laughs> about you, Phil, nope. especially if it's a band I've never heard of. And we were talking about brand awareness and trust earlier. If you're advertising to someone who's never heard of you before, they're not going to sit around and give you the time of day to let you explain the meaning of the key change in the solo. <laughs> Unfortunately so. Um, it's worth saying, of course, if someone does follow your streamline advert and likes your music, then what they might do, hopefully, is start to follow you on social media. And there, on your Facebook page, where you do your kind of normal posting, is where you can go into detail. That's where you can talk more extensively about your music, about what you're doing, about what it means. And what these adverts are trying to do, they're not trying to get across the the breadth and everything you're doing with your music. It's trying to get people to listen to music. That is really all it is for. And it's not there for people to kind of fall in love with you as a band. It's there for people to love your music. And if it's not doing that, it's not going to work. Yeah, it's almost, I'm trying to think of an example where if I was, you know, advertising a new bakery that I'd opened, I wouldn't be going to people and go, 
hi, yeah, I've opened the bakery and I've been baking for XYZ. I learned from blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, we've got so-and-so working here and we're planning on doing this, that, and the other. I would go, hi, this is what we make. And I'd be showing them, you know, a great tasting dessert or whatever. And that gets them through the door. Then you can explain. Mm. You can have things on the wall that says, you know, we've been here since blah, blah, blah. And we, we've got the finest ingredients from so-and-so. You need to get people through the door first. Yes. If you can't do that and you just bore them, they'll they'll move past it and you've lost your opportunity. I mean, my 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 bakery marketing phrase that came to mind was, I've got nice b- you say I'm bad. <laughs> That's just what jumped to mind. Um, I just thought a chair. Well, <laughs> <laughs> let's move on. On that note, I feel like it's a good time to, to call it a day. Yeah, I think so. Um, oh, before we do uh, wrap things up, though, a good extra credit, and I'm sure Phil will put links to this uh, in the show notes, is... There's a guy called Perry Marshall who yes. is considered the G.O.D. of all things uh, online advertising. If you really want to get, you know, ninja level skills on this kind of thing, I can't recommend his podcast and his books enough. It's, yeah, that's a much deeper cut than we will ever do. Um, but if you're really yeah. interested in honing some good efforts, that's where to go. It's not a holiday read. No. It's a- <laughs> Not bedtime reading either. <laughs> Might put you to sleep. Yeah, I mean that maybe does him a disservice. It's a good book. Yeah, but yeah. It's it's not it's not it's not a light read. It's informative and not so fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel harsh now. Cool. And with all that, I'm going to move into uh, this week's featured artist. Mm. So this week's featured artist is a four piece from Guildford in the United Kingdom. Ooh called Cascade with their single Coming Back to You. If you want to find out more about them, you can find them at Cascade the Band on both Instagram and Twitter. So until next time, it's uh, goodbye from me. And it's uh, goodbye from me. <laughs>